Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio, located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. This is the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced. That's right. We're not going to be silenced. HagmanReport.com. HagmanReport.com. That's our home base. Please bookmark that website, HagmanReport.com. HagmanStore.com. You want some coffee? We have coffee. The best coffee, I believe, in the world. Best blend of coffee beans. It's all about the bean. I need the bean. Go to HagmanStore.com, Detective's Choice, Patriot, and Revolution Blends. I'm going to tell you something, the Detective's Choice, hyper-caffeinated. They all, all three blends come in, uh, the whole bean, the ground, and the K-cup styles, and it's expensive. It's gourmet coffee, but, it, but here's why it's expensive, too, because we use the proceeds to support organizations that include um, Russ Dizdar as well as Craig Sawyer. I had the pleasure of speaking to Craig over the weekend and Russ too over the weekend, actually. Um, so, uh, but nonetheless, uh, that's where proceeds go. And we fight against child and human sex trafficking as well as uh, related activities. So, we're eight days out. This is, folks, the 26th day of October. We're eight days out from the election. Not really seven days, um, in a sense, but eight, eight days uh, here in the uh, right now, and then uh, in the morning it'll be seven, a week from tomorrow. But he, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter. The, the, this election, no matter who wins, it's not going to matter. And with me uh, for the, this show is John Moore from uh, his website, thelibertyman.com. Um, excellent show. Excellent show. Excellent program. Go to thelibertyman.com, folks, for his, um, well, his entire presence on the Internet. And from there, you can find anything that's updated uh, constantly with respect to headlines and such. But it's thelibertyman.com, John Moore. Before I get to John Moore, I just uh, again I want to tell. Oh, the Haydn, Haydn, the Haydn uh, biter, the Haydn biter. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. The Hunter Biden laptop. It's a big deal. This is a huge deal. The FBI sat on this laptop for more. Well, about a year. Why? Dinah West. If you go to HagmanReport.com, there's an article there that uh, I put up a couple of days ago, and it just showed, it just popped up in, in my news feed, which, you know, it, it happens because why? We're, you know, we're shadow banned and censored, but of course, what else is new? But she explains why this is so important. And, and there, there's really two stories to this, two, count them, two. One's the actual, well, there's multiple stories, but in her, in her Twitter feed, there's two parts to this, of course. There's the actual deed itself, and then there's a story as to why the uh, CIA, the FBI, and both would be involved, but the FBI specifically had, had sat on this for a year. And uh, I'm going to be talking about that. But And, and um, John, welcome to the show. I'm going to bring you on now. How are you doing? 
Thank you, Doug. Good to be here. Appreciate it. Hey, you know what I did? So here's what I did. I, I've got several, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, maybe four videos, video clips that I wanted to play. And uh, just they're, they're, they're kind of short. One's, one's a little bit longer than the others, but most of them are pretty short. Just to bring us up to speed on what's, what's happened. Do you mind if we do that as we go through? Let's do it. Let's go right. for it. Absolutely. All right. Now, again, um, good friend of the show and, and, and really, I believe, a, a tremendous author is um, Diana West. And, uh, and, of course, part of the show is John Moore here, uh, libertyman.com. But Diana West really got into the, um, the McCarthy era stuff that's going on inside our government. And what I thought over the week, or, yeah, I think it was over the weekend here, Senator Tom Cotton was on a squawk box. And this story, this Hunter Biden laptop had been had been brewing for quite some time, you know, for 10, 10 days now, probably, roughly 10 days. And uh, anyway, Cotton's on squawk box. Now, um, he's from, uh, he's the uh, uh, senator from Arkansas. And... I want you to check this out. Check this video out. You can start, like I said, start at two, and then you, you got the rest, right? All right. Yeah, just go ahead. And, and folks, watch this very carefully. Um, there are two parts to this. We're going to play three minutes, roughly, and then we're going to pause it. And then we'll have a little bit of interaction, John and I. We're going to talk about it. And then we're going to restart it and then stop it. It'll only be like a minute and 30 if we can do this. Okay, so um, I'll try to guide you through this. So let's let's take a look at, at this because this, I think, was a critical piece. And not too many people, I don't think too many people saw this. Go ahead and run it when you have a chance. In the last couple of weeks, there there have been a couple of issues uh, that, that really could threaten to, uh, to at least disrupt or, or hold back uh, and possibly even necessary moves to, to try to, I don't know, it's a wild, wild west to, to rein the companies in. What is, what is on, on, in your view, more important, this Google story in terms of monopoly with, with the DOJ or what we saw with Facebook and Twitter in terms of deciding, um, you know, whether a, a news story should be uh, should be circulated. And I'm talking about Lapgate, the New York Post, uh, reporting on uh, uh, on Vice President Biden and his son. Well, Joe, I think the answer to that question is yes. They're both incredibly important. I mean, if you look at what the New York Post reported, um, this is not some anonymous internet troll. The New York Post is an old and venerable newspaper. It traces its lineage back to Alexander Hamilton. It has the fourth largest circulation in the country. And the social media companies like Twitter censored this report. They wouldn't let it even let it be shared. They locked down the New York Post's Twitter account. I think a lot of conservatives and Republicans across the country have always felt that these companies are biased against their viewpoints, but now they feel it's an open declaration of war. And these are some of the biggest and most powerful companies in the history of mankind. And they got a lot of that power under the protection of federal law. 
Federal law since the mid-1990s has given them total immunity from any kind of lawsuit for what is published on their platforms. You don't have that. Newspapers don't have that. Radio stations don't have that. And if these companies want to act as editors and curators and censors now, then they ought to face the same kind of liability rules that you all face. So Congress I mean, needs to act to amend or to repeal that immunity. Just let, let's, we haven't really talked about it much on, on, on this show, but you, you've been a China hawk. You've been very critical of China uh, overall. I don't know what's true and what's not, and I don't. I don't know whether you know. I don't know whether it's the the Congress's job or or regular the FBI. I don't know who needs to get behind it. But if if some of the allegations in terms of China are true, uh, uh, with you know trying to influence policy or any of the allegations that you've seen, we don't need to go into them. How do we get to the bottom of that? Is it important that we get to the bottom of that? And who's going to do it? If, if, you know, if a lot of media is not interested in that story, who's going to do it, Senator? Well, the best way to do it, Joe, is more reporting, not having big tech oligarchs censor the New York Post. The New York Post reported on Hunter Biden's alleged business dealings. It had many emails and other documents. Now, maybe those are not authentic. Maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, I would note that Hunter Biden and the Biden campaign have not denied their authenticity. It's kind of like the dog that didn't bark. But you would think that most news organizations would be committed to breaking news, that they would want to dig into it deeper. They would want to explain exactly what they found as opposed to doing what the big tech companies did, censor it, and most of the mainstream media trying to suppress it to the greatest extent they can until November 3rd. And this is not gonna go away on November 3rd. Should Joe Biden win, there's still gonna be questions about whether or not Joe Biden and his family and administration is exposed to pressure from China, from the Chinese Communist Party oligarchs. It's the exact same thing that Democrats have accused Donald Trump of facing for four years without any evidence. So we have to get to the bottom of these things, whatever the result of the election is. And the media is not doing the country any favors by essentially ignoring this story. Okay. Thanks for pausing right there. So, John, we have Biden gate. We have Beijing Biden. We have one of the biggest stories that has never been reported in, in American media right now. And now social networking has actually taken um, uh, deplatform. I don't want to say deplatform. They just kind of, they froze the account. Twitter froze the account of New York Post. New York Post for crying out loud. So you've got two issues here or multiple issues here. You've got the selling access slash personal enrichment slash um, cavorting with our enemies, the Communist Chinese Party. And then you've got the failure on the part of media to report on it. And when one does, it gets censored by uh, Twitter and Facebook. So what do you think? I mean, help me out here. What do you okay, think of well, that? Well, Doug, well, first of all, uh, people our age have very clear recollection of the way it used to be when news came from uh, three major TV networks before CNN, CNN existed, uh, major newspapers, ink on paper, and radio. That was it. Uh, I was at a conference. It would have been about 1972 at a, at a university, and um, everybody was gone. The university was shut down, and I had the opportunity to walk in a room where they had 
three teletype machines, which are basically in, in museums these days, United Press International, Associated Press, and Reuters, with these uh, continuous pieces, uh, scrolls of paper that were hundreds of feet long, feeding through there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I went, I went in there, nobody was around, and I started picking up these scrolls of paper and reading what was really going on in the world, as opposed to what I thought was going on, depending on ink on paper and uh, broadcast news. And I, I came to realize within a few minutes that uh, the news being broadcast and being published in ink on paper and newspapers was about 10% of what was really going on. It was shocking. It was disturbing. It was an education. But now, in the modern age, Everybody has access to the same thing I did in 1972 when I walked into that room with those three uh, teletype machines. They, can't, they won't win, Doug. They can't control it. A very dear friend of mine, he escaped from Czechoslovakia before the Iron Curtain came down. And he says, John, the Internet will destroy the New World Order, or the New World Order will destroy the Internet. There's not going to be any in-between. And what we're seeing right now is a good example of that, Doug. Their attempt will be to no avail to shut down the New York Post. There's too many workarounds. It was 1972. Yeah, they may have been successful in 1972 because people had to go to physically go somewhere, buy an ink on paper newspaper and read it. Those days are gone. They will have limited success in what they're attempting to do. And as I've said a couple of times the last 10 days, Desperate men do desperate things. This is an act of desperation to shut down a newspaper that goes back about two centuries. To Hamilton. Uh, Alexander yes. Hamilton, as he said, I believe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, doing, they're saying, oh, it, it's, it's this. Oh, it's that. Oh, it, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to marginalize the value of this newspaper. They will ultimately be unsuccessful. Too many people know the cat is out of the bag. The toothpaste is out of the toothpaste out of the tube, and they can't put it back in. Uh, once something's released in the modern age, it's, it's out there, and it can't be stopped. Uh, and on China, maybe, but this is not China. We still have enough internet freedom to uh, publish and republish and republish again until tens of millions of Americans know what you and I are talking about, Doug. So it's a shame that they went to this extent uh, to attempt to uh, censor what's going on. Yeah, but the censorship yeah. will ultimately fail. Okay. And, and by the way, they're talking about messing with the uh, Section 230, the Communication Decency Act. That's what Ron Johnson is talking about, or, um, or Tom Cotton, I'm sorry, is talking about. Um, and and that's, I, I've got mixed feelings on that. I believe that uh, you should leave that alone. But, however, um, I, I think that Twitter and, fa and Facebook should leave the content creation and editorial control and stay out of that area. And Section 230, of course, would um, would provide the protections for those platforms. But once you st once those platforms start messing around by saying, "Well, we're not going to put this up there, we're not going to we're not going to let this go," then Section 230. Then, then it, believe me, I know this intimately. Um, 
Yeah, we have. Problems. I know you do. Uh, okay, now <laughs> you went, you dealt with that for years, you and Steve Quayle. Yes, um, um, but everything's fine now. But I I, I want to finish this because this is really you you, you got to watch this, John. You got to see this because okay, you talk all about right. a, this is only like a minute and a minute and a quarter. You talk about a, a home run. You talk about it, 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 this not nosed uh, guy comes on and uh, uh, dresses Tom Cotton and then. Listen to his answer, and uh, we'll go from there. Go ahead and play it. Okay. All right. Senator, I, I wanted to make two points. Uh, one is that uh, the media industry, at least the media industry that I know, uh, has been trying to investigate this and has not been able to corroborate the story. I would also note the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by News Corporation, which also owns the New York Post, has not been able to corroborate the story and said so uh, quite directly in the Wall Street Journal today, um, in the news pages of the Wall Street Journal. So just to, to clarify, it is not uh, that the news organizations are not looking into this, it's that they haven't been able to corroborate the story and a responsible news organization wouldn't therefore report it. Now the next piece of this is, you're talking about the tech companies censoring uh, such quote unquote news. Uh, if, in fact, the tech companies had, quote unquote, liability like news operations do, you you wouldn't want them to be reporting something that they couldn't corroborate. No. Do you mean like the Russian collusion hoax and the still dossier that you reported on for four years, Andrew? Well, look, I, I, <laughs> I think it's, right it's fair to say that yeah. you can. When yeah. you're, did you did you see that mic drop moment? Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, I'm telling you, you, you mean like yeah, this young this young man. Who's this young man with anyway? Um, uh, this I believe is. Uh, I don't know. Is this CNN? No, MS. I I can't read the uh, CNBC. I believe it is CNBC. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, you talk about a beautiful comeback. I thought that was, I mean, he, he just sat there with his mouth open for it seemed like an eternity. It right. it, it was so right. beautiful. Oh, but okay. Right. But anyway, I just so um, yeah. But but, but and, and the yeah. assumption is this young man did in fact report on the uh, hoax of the Russian collusion for four years. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not only an right. assumption, but but they did his or the organization, whether mm -hmm. he personally you know did or not, but his organization did, and of course he's saying, I mean, we're not going to do it because it's it's unfounded. Well, now it's coming out, John, where this laptop, it, it, it just is there, uh, is there more than one laptop, Doug? Uh, there, there's um, the short answer to that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at the, there's one laptop in Delaware. Okay, now okay. Uh, I just I'm going to put a period there. However, there are corroborating witnesses elsewhere, including California and out west. But there's also another device. Okay, and I'm I'm not too sure about the device at the moment. I'm trying to get information on it. But um, okay. and in the laptop, by the way, I don't know whether you see, you've seen the videos, the video files that Rudy Giuliani was talking about, and Bernard Carrick. But holy ba 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 boom! Have you seen them? I have not. I have not. I hear they're they're, they're pretty salacious. I understand. Uh yeah. Um, salacious. Okay, that's a good word. Um, Hunter is okay. It, I'll, I'll describe just one in, in one scene. Um, 
or I'll describe two scenes. One scene, which is kind of extensive, because I, I, I looked at them all. And look, folks, don't send me emails saying uh, child pornography on your internet. Just don't. I understand, okay? Um, actually, this was done on the government. I'm just not going to say, except to say that I saw them. The first one I saw was Hunter Biden, clearly Hunter Biden, in his altogethers birthday suit smoking crack allegedly allegedly crack i don't i don't know what was in that crack pipe but it was a crack pipe getting a um oh a massage this young lady with her feet okay all right that was one here's another picture of hunter i guess he kind of just I, got, I don't know how you describe that picture, except to say there's Hunter with whatever in his mouth. Right. And, and then, okay, so th that's what people, and then the other part, that, that, and this is going on Twitter. Look, folks, I don't, I can't verify this. But I did see on a table uh, approximately four lines of Coke, but appears to be a white substance. I won't say Coke. Presumably it is. And the credit card belonging to Melania Trump, or Melania Trump, for crying out loud, Melania Obama, or what's her what's her name up? Is that Michael? Melania? No, no, the, the daughter, I, Melania. Oh, I don't know. One of the one of the Obama daughters used to cut the cut the alleged cocaine, allegedly used to allegedly cut the alleged cocaine on the alleged table on at this alleged file. Uh -huh. It's all alleged. Oh, I don't okay. know, but anyway. So, yes. So then you, I mean, that's the salacious part that the, del and Rudy and uh, Rudy Giuliani and Bernard Carrick taking the laptop to the Delaware State Police and, and Biden's own Delaware, so they're not going to do squat uh, with the child, you know, the other stuff that's on the laptop, which I'm not even going to get into because that's just sicker than you can imagine. Um. And but that's that's the salacious part. That's the family problems. Holy cow, we have a problem here with addiction and sex. And and he also writes in an email where he can't. He writes to his father, Joe Biden. It admits to keep young girls and like nieces and stuff away from me because, you know, I do crack and I, I like them. I, I like I like to you know go with a girl. You know, do the girls. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but again, this is alleged. I am, I'm not accusing. I'm just saying what I saw just so anyone out there wants to, I'm just, did I make that clear legally? I, I, I don't want to say, look, I, the, the, this is what, this is what I viewed. I don't know if it's right. true or not. Okay. Right. I don't know. But then the other side, which you mentioned, oh, that's the stuff, John. That's the stuff. That's the Beijing, Beijing uh, Biden. That's the stuff where Hunter is the bag man for his old man Joe Biden. And I'm telling you what, that should that should make every person in this country stand up and say hell no to Joe Biden. And if they don't for the, for the love of everything that's holy, we're screwed. That's okay. I'm gonna get off my soapbox and. <laughs> Feel free to talk. But, but what do you well, think of that? Man? I mean, well, well, Doug, last week about this time, I started advocating on my show that I would 
uh, like to see U.S. Marshals take Joe Biden into custody at the uh, debate Thursday evening, uh, knowing it wouldn't happen, but it would be a beautiful thing if it did happen. Uh, the evidence we're aware of, the evidence that's been public, is clear and convincing that uh, felonies have been committed by uh, the, vice, the former vice president and his son. Uh, felonies that would make him vulnerable to blackmail if he once again held office, whether it's president or something else. Um, the man, should, he should, with what's been released publicly, he should be resigning from the ticket, quite frankly, even though it's only a week from t tomorrow, the election. Uh, let his vice presidential, vice presidential candidate take over the, the um, presidential slot and name somebody else in the, as vice president. There's uh, persistent rumors that the Democratic Party knew that this would all come out. Yes. There's also, I'm also hearing, and I haven't seen any documentation, of collusion between the Bidens and the uh, communist Chinese uh, regarding the uh, uh, coronavirus and making it so bad that it would uh, affect the election and, and help Biden get elected president. Uh, have you heard that also, Doug? No, do tell. Because, no, no, this is why you're you're the boss, okay? I mean, this is why you, you, uh, you're good at what you do. I... I uh, I shouldn't say I haven't heard it. I, I, I it was, it would be like a glancing blow right. of a flaw, you know, right. but, but yeah, exactly. what do you know about that? Well, I know more than, apparently no more than you do, Doug, but given what we know so far, it would be consistent, uh, with what we know so far. One of the things you, you look at with, uh, intelligence gathering is how consistent new information is with what you already have. And this fits. This absolutely fits. The uh, we have known uh, business dealings between uh, Joe Biden and the Communist Chinese, Hillary and Bill Clinton, the Chinese, uh, and so forth. So it would be consistent to have another item related to that. Uh, the, the flu, Chinese flu, did come from China. The Chinese have benefited greatly, and. Um, uh, we're seeing the outcome of it right now where people are fearful of doing any activity. I'll give you a good example. I was on the telephone with my daughter last night. My youngest grandson is a high school football player up in Metro Seattle. The, uh, the boys are, are prohibited from meeting with the coaches to uh, work out. They do Zoom workouts where the coach can be uh, present for the Zoom workout, which is all in video. And once a week, the boys uh, trespass and sneak into the uh, football field by climbing over and under a eight-foot chain-link fence to be able to do some work on the field without the co coaches being present and nobody in administration knowing that it's even taking place, allegedly at least. Uh, that is so sad. And uh, we have parents traveling from Metro Seattle to Idaho eight hours away, one way, to have their children compete in athletics. The uh, detrimental effects of this Chinese flu have affected, adversely affected our entire country, Doug. And uh, I wouldn't surprise me at all if there is, in fact, collusion between the communist Chinese and Joe Biden to uh, have this Chinese flu uh, help, the, help Joe Biden get elected president of the United States. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So I'm looking to see the evidence. I haven't seen what I call clear and convincing evidence yet. But I think it may very well exist, Doug. You know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. It really wouldn't. And um, 
I, I'm looking at this, and, and, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I would say, b- because of the very mysterious origins, but not just that, the response, the, the absolute shutdown, um, the response. And I've got another video here that I, I, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I cut that one off or not. I'll have to double check, but... Marie Bartiromo was talking to um, President Trump in August for her new book that's coming out tomorrow, by the way. And President Trump said, you know, when I, when I got, and I'm paraphrasing, when I got this job, I didn't realize how deep and fetid this swamp was and, and how many people that I had to, that I couldn't fire and, and I, you know, I had to deal with. And I didn't realize how, and this is key, I didn't realize how deep this opposition against me, an outsider, was. So, you know, this has a ring of truth to it, especially if you consider that President Trump survived what uh, Russiagate, survived an impeachment, survived, um, uh, I mean, you name it, everything they could throw at him. And, and, and so now, you know, why not something like this of a world catastrophe, um, or at least the response to it? And by the way, I don't know whether you saw this in London, how beautiful that is. People are taking to the streets saying, uh-uh, um, I'm not, I, I can't say what, I, what, what they're saying, but uh, you can stick, well, the headline, I think, from Breitbart is uh, stick the new world order up your, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have any doubt that uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a this to me would be right up their alley you know in, in terms of throwing some stuff to try to deal it with would be us. well look go back to the, go back to February the beginning Doug yeah uh, it was brand new these videos were coming out of China you got I, there may have been women, but I recall men walking down the street. They were by themselves. Everything was on lockdown. Man walking down the street by himself. So he's healthy enough to ambulate and, and walk without assistance. No cane, crutch, or walker. And he falls face falls down face first and bleeds out and dies from the corona flu, uh, the coronavirus. That's how we were for, all Americans were first introduced to this back in February. And it was one of those. Oh my, this is really scary, a moment. Right. But by, by the end of March, I was saying the following. How come no Americans are walking down the street, falling down face first and bleeding out and dying from this virus? I'm still right. asking that question. How come that hasn't happened? Well, it didn't happen because it didn't happen in China either. It was all, it was all staged. It, it was a matter of uh, psychological warfare to get people off to being fearful of this virus. Uh, and they had great success. Uh, there's many people. Uh, I know the, the wife of a friend of mine, she has literally, not figuratively, literally not been outside since March of this year. That's, for any reason. First of all, that's unhealthy. That's sad. But, but you know, it, it's amazing to see the number of people on social media who are just absolutely shaming others. How dare you? The super spreading events of these, by the way, tremendous rallies all across the country for Donald Trump. I mean, 
I have never seen anything like this in my life, this support for Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you right now, if if he does not win, this election will will be stolen from him. I, I guarantee sure. From you can't tell me because Biden yesterday called a lid. Now apparently that's a new. I I never heard that term before, but okay, he called a lid in person campaigning until the election. What last over the weekend? He was he was um, he had a rally where what a dozen cars limited to four people inside each car were allowed to <laughs> attend. What in the hell? So if you got five in there, that that's like you know, good God. Oh, you can't have five, and you can't have more than X amount of cars. But but I'll tell you what, Bon Jovi was there, living on a prayer, you know, singing right. with with twelve pumpkins. I mean, there were more <laughs> friggin' pumpkins there than there were um, supporters of Joe Biden. And by the way, I don't know whether you saw this, folks. If and John, do you see where that, that event in Pennsylvania? Where he was talking, and there was, there, I mean, there was a, a sad, just a, just a small, I mean, you, I don't know, maybe 12 people there or whatever. That was a car event. Uh, but the Trump supporters showed up and outnumbered the people who attended the Biden event. Did you see that? Oh, my I, I, goodness. I did. It was, pre- it was pretty pitiful. It really was. Ah. Yeah. Right. Well, you and I, you, if you and I announced an event, we could draw many times that many, Doug, you and I together. Well, we could, you, we could, not me. We, but. Could, we could fill up any a hotel meeting room with several hundred people on, on short notice. Um, it's, it's pitiful. And uh, that's, that's nothing new for Joe Biden. Uh, when he was in the, uh, uh, not, in the nomination process, uh, he called an event, I think it was Vermont or New Hampshire, and 60 people showed up and they, they canceled the event. Uh, out of humiliation and embarrassment. Uh, the man needs to be indicted and arrested, quite frankly. He really does. Um, yeah. Yeah, he does. The president has the authority to tell the attorney general to issue an indictment <laughs> and arrest him. He, he uh, Maybe that's been discussed. I don't know. Well, uh, okay. Bill Barr, which... Well, well Bill Barr has, has already said he's not going to issue any more indictments until after the election. He doesn't want to be seen as influencing the election. That was before... The um, laptop came to came to light, right? And the proprietor of that business, he should get some kind of award for doing the right thing for the right reasons. He, before he turned the laptop over to the FBI, he made uh, a copy of everything. He must have had some inkling that the FBI would just sit on it, which of course they did. Yeah. Then he then he got a copy of everything to uh, Rudy Giuliani, and that's when it took off. Exactly. Yes, and, and and that's very well, very concisely stated. Yes, and, and uh, uh, he had expressed concern over his safety to the FBI, and the FBI said, uh, "Well, don't tell anybody." Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. we're not going to either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for Christ, FBI, forget about it, bury it, and. Uh, ignore it, uh, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, that's kind of how it is. Now, okay, so, all right. So th- that kind of goes into what you're saying, what you just were talking about, this this next video here, if you don't mind. Uh, this is... Let's do it. Okay. This is Homeland Security Secretary Ron Johnson with Marie Bartiromo. Now, I, I gave you a starting point. You can start there, start at the beginning. Yeah, start there. Um, that's fine, uh, Eric the Tech, but... Uh, um, this 
discusses, he discusses too, and you got to watch at the very end of this. Uh, this is going to take about five minutes, but at the very end, exactly what you were saying, exactly what you were asking, exactly what you were intimating, go ahead and watch this. To the letter that you sent Michael Horowitz this past week on the 21st, and you write that the FBI possessed the laptop uh, allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden for a year. The public has a right to know why they sat on it. I want to just point out that Joe Biden says none of this is true. Here's a soundbite of Biden at the debate with President Trump this past week. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. Senator Johnson, your reaction. Well, the vice president is lying again. Check out page 78 of our report where we show a company, a Chinese company, CEFC, transferred about $5 million to businesses controlled by Hunter Biden. $5 million. Uh, so, no, he, he's lying. He, he's lying about the fact that he said he never spoke to his uh, son, Hunter, about his overseas business connections. Flew, flew over to uh, China, had a handshake with uh, Jonathan Lee, who ended up being a, a business partner in Bohai Harvest uh, RST, which was uh, that investment firm. Uh, we documented Amos Hochstein talked to the vice president about the glaring conflict of interest in Ukraine. The vice president then talked to Hunter to arrange a meeting with uh, uh, Amos Hochstein. So the, the, the vice president has been caught in repeated lies over Biden Inc. about his family's businesses. You know, you say Biden Inc. That's interesting because I've got a Politico article right here, and this is actually back from 2019, and the title of it is Biden Inc. It's yeah, not like out. these things were not out before. Over his decades in office, political rights, middle class Joe's family fortunes have closely tracked his political career. And this is from August 2019 when they call it Biden Inc. Look, I've got a list of deals that I want you to talk about here. This is Hunter Biden's alleged business deals. You mentioned the $5 million from the Chinese oil company CEFC. He also created a $1 billion investment fund for his company, BHR, with state-owned Bank of China. He received $3.5 million in a wire transfer from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, Elena Baturina, and he earned $83,000 a month, totaling more than $4 million to serve on the board of Ukrainian energy company Burisma. What have you learned about these deals? Well, they actually happened. I think it's interesting you raised that political article. That was written back in August 2019 when every major news media wasn't in the tank for Joe Biden. They probably were in the tank for Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So they're, they're actually critically looking at uh, Joe Biden's checkered past when it comes to these foreign business entanglements and his family profiting off his, off his name. But that's what we're finding out is, is that whether it's his brother, whether it's his son Hunter, uh, what we're really finding out is Hunter really cracked the code somewhere around 2000, 2013, 2014 in terms up. of how to really vacuum up uh, this, these dollars and how to attract money from people that uh, wanted to have influence with uh, and, and utilize the, the Biden name. Uh, it started with uh, working with uh, first for Christopher Hines and Devin Archer, who now is a convicted felon, by the way, by a fraud that he per perpetrated and took uh, 
you know, implemented in 2013-2014. But it's, it's, it's amazing uh, when you take a look at all the different companies, Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, Rosemont Seneca Bo Bohai, Bohai Harvest uh, RST, uh, Owasco, uh, even before that, uh, Paradigm Global Advisors, that's pointed out in that uh, political uh, article. So th th there's just been a vast and complex web of financial dealings, but the one thing they have in common is they're all trading off the fact that Joe Biden was either U.S. Senator or Vice President of the United States. Yeah, we're going to talk with Peter Schweitzer coming up. He's gone through these 26,000 emails that he has, and throughout those emails, they keep referring to the Biden lift. Come into business with us, and your business will get the Biden lift. So we'll talk with Peter about that. But you just mentioned business dealings in 2014. This was when uh, Joe Biden was a sitting vice president. And we've got a list here that Vice President Biden meets with his son's business partner in 2014. This was April of six. Uh, of 14. He meets with Devin Archer at the White House. Uh, in April of 14, he visits Ukraine. He's soon to be described by President Obama as the public face of the administration's handling of Ukraine. Of course, Archer joins the Burisma board uh, later uh, that month on April 22nd. And then later on uh, in the month, uh, in May of 2014, Hunter Biden joins the uh, Burisma board and over the course of the next several years makes more than $4 million. How come this wasn't frowned upon when it was happening. I mean, you've got obviously a sitting vice president's son doing deals with the companies that will be affected by the very policy his father is negotiating. Well, first of all, it was. You know, what's interesting about this is BuzzFeed actually sent, a reporter from BuzzFeed sent an email to somebody in the executive office of the vice president when uh, they found out that when Burisma announced that Hunter joined the board, and, and the, to paraphrase, he said, this, this is odd on its face, and if true, represents a glaring conflict of interest. So that was back in 2014. By the way, it's the exact same wording I used in my report that the news media completely ignored. And of course, one of the things they said about my report when they ignored it is, well, there's, there's nothing illegal here. Now, Maria, it's not my job to determine whether something's legal or illegal. What I would say, though, is you take a look at all these glaring conflicts of interest, this in, all these foreign entanglements, at a minimum, it is grotesquely sleazy. And that's who the American people are going to the polls voting for or against. Somebody like Vice President Biden, who's involved in incredibly sleazy possibly illegal dealings. We don't know the full extent. My report raises far more troubling uh, questions than it ever answers, but it also really points out to three different scandals. You have the, the Biden family uh, financial scandals, you have the news media suppressing the story, and you have the deep state not providing the types of documents that we need in a legitimate congressional oversight. Activate Maria. So, Senator, I mean, the question becomes, will you subpoena Hunter Biden? Why haven't you subpoenaed Hunter Biden? And I want to really understand if you're being stopped. Are you being stopped by Whoa. officials within the Judiciary Committee that you cannot allow certain people to come testify? Who's stopping you, Senator? Well, well first of all, we've sent out two letters to invite Hunter, Hunter Biden and requesting information from him. What I get is some pretty nasty uh, letters back from his attorneys, you know, referring to Joe McCarthy and everything else. Uh, you know, if you take a look at how I've been treated, the, the false allegations, you know, uh, allegations accusing me of dealing in Russian disinformation 
information. I, I can understand kind of a reluctance on the part of other members of our conference getting fully behind this uh, investigation. The good news, Maria, is that as the dam is breaking, we are just seeing this log jam break of all kinds of information that I hope the American public is paying attention to. Uh, I think there's going to be far less resistance to me really getting to the bottom of this because the American people really do deserve the truth. Activate Maria Part 2. Uh, are, are there people within your Judiciary Committee, are there people within the Senate that are trying to silence you? Senator. Well, it's, it's, first of all, it's Homeland Security Committee. And, you know, let's face it, some of the members of that committee have gone quite public in their viewpoint of, of what uh, my investigation, uh, you know, whether it's appropriate or not. I think it's completely appropriate. I am the Senate okay. Oversight Committee. All right. We have over- Stop it right there. Holy. Oh, whoa. So, wait, wait a second. The, the biggest. Uh, the, the biggest influence operation by a foreign power, by the communist Chinese government, the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee sends out cutesy invites to Hunter Biden. Yeah, come on, come on. And, and gets back McCar- accusations of being McCarthy-esque. Oh, the horror for crying out loud. And when asked, who's stopping you from subpoenaing Hunter Biden? He doesn't answer the, f- the question. John Moore, to you. Well, typically, from what my limited knowledge of where these uh, Senate and House committee me- uh, protocols are, they, they begin with a letter of invitation. And when that's turned down, then they do the subpoena following that. Um, and I don't know why the senator did not respond to the uh, question about uh, the subpoena, um, yeah, but um, that's what legitimately should come next, what would be the subpoena to appear. Uh, uh, and, of course, U.S. Marshal would deliver that subpoena, and uh, Hunter Biden would be compelled to appear or be subject to uh, arrest because he did not uh, – do what the subpoena required them to do. Uh, that's what should be happening. I hope it does happen. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing, what I've seen, the uh, Biden activities with China and the fact that Obama was directly involved in this as well. Um, I mean, not indirectly, but directly. Uh, Devin Archer, who is now, as Johnson said, a felon, of course, meeting at the White House, uh, how's this even possible? And then, you know, going back to what we started with, the story by the New York Post being tanked by Twitter and Facebook because, well, we can't have this. So there's talk now, and I don't know, you've probably seen it, of, hey, if you voted early, you can change your vote based on this new information. And I think this is, you know, some people might say, oh, this is Russian disinformation to influence the, the elections. Well, that's like saying, no, I, I won't even use any, any, uh, uh, anything analogous to this. It, it is what it is. Um, I, I can't see some, someone going to that extent to make uh, all of this up. And, and plus, you've got, you've got uh, individuals who are verifying the activities of Hunter Biden, who aren't too happy either because they didn't get their fair share of the cut. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that is happening. Yeah. That is happening. Yeah. All the, 
the rats are abandoning ship, obviously. So, well, yeah. So I, I, I'm not aware. Yeah. I'm not aware of any process to change a vote that's been cast. There may be one. It sounds like it would be something involving the courts and be lengthy and difficult and expensive. Well, pull it uh, mail I, in. It's mail-in ballots. You, right. you can actually. You can actually go vote in person and say, cancel my mail-in ballots. It differs from state to state. Really? That's Yeah, really? a big thing on Twitter um, going on right now of people, of, of the instructions on how to do it legally, you know. But anyway, so. Well, I can't see that happening very much. It'll be, uh, that's kind of a side issue. Right. Uh, this issue of this laptop, the information on this laptop is pure dynamite. Uh, yes, it, it, it's it's hard to find the adjectives that describe how important and how big this story is. We, you know, our generation grew up with, uh, and I was mentioning this this morning on my show. Uh, most serious thing I recall in my lifetime, other than the assassination of John Kennedy, was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, I walked. I was in junior high school. I was uh, came home from school, and there was a President Kennedy basically saying we're getting ready to go to war is what he was saying uh, at the time. And of course, Kennedy's assassination itself was life-changing for anybody old enough to remember it. Um, uh, very, very serious, uh, uh, dark period in our history. It changed everything. Uh, John Kennedy was not supposed to be the next president. Richard Nixon was. The, uh, the, the, the elite, the New World Order, did not take John Kennedy seriously. He was too young. He talked funny, and he was Catholic, so they didn't take him seriously. But the people, but the people loved him, and that's what they didn't factor in. The people loved this guy, and he did get elected president. And uh, if he had been able to serve one full term, let alone two, uh, there would have been no black wall with fifty thousand plus names on it and uh, the, the uh, Capitol Mall. Uh, the country would be far different. The far the country would be much more prosperous. Uh, we would not have the international relation problems that we have now, I don't believe, because it would have changed the course of history to have John Kennedy be president for eight years uh, in very positive ways, I think. Um, but that's yeah. why they assassinated him. That's why they assassinated him. Because he, he pure, John Kennedy proved to be a clear and present danger to the New World Order. That's, what, that's exactly what he was. Yeah, and, and I think that the um, complexion of the world today would be a lot different had he survived or had he not been assassinated. And, of course, I don't for one minute believe that uh, um, Oswald acted or acted alone, period. I think it was um, it was a, definitely a deep state hit on that. But you're exactly of right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, isn't it funny, too? Um, well, let me ask you this. Why hasn't that happened to President Trump, and I, I just I'm curious. I mean, well, it was it was news for maybe half an hour that the president relieved the head of the Secret Service about two years ago, three years ago. Right. Um, it was not. It was not. It was not a big news story, I, and I know he was relieved of his duties. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was a non-issue, but the, uh, the president's pretty good at finding people he can trust, I think. And the Secret Service, I, I, I believe he has on duty, will protect this man with their lives, uh, with Marines backing them up. And it may come, it may, we don't know, it may have already come down to that. There's been 
a number of stories that Dave Hodges and others have reported on about assassination teams coming out of Iran to take out the president. Um, I know the tens of millions of Americans pray for the president and, and his family's safety every day of the week. And, uh, and prayer is powerful and prayer works. So maybe that's that, the yeah. reason. I, I, I don't know, Doug. Maybe that's the reason. But um, uh, there's a lot of people who would benefit from this president uh, being dead. Uh, no doubt about that at all. And, and I, you know, look, that scares me, quite frankly. That, that does frighten me because he is, I mean, right now, I think today, three events today, I mean, he's 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 out and about with the people. And I'll tell you something, If it, it, the way I look at it, too, is if somebody wa- wants to get to you, they're going to get to you. I mean, look at your capabilities, okay, um, if you decided to do something untoward to someone, um you've got capabilities that a lot of people don't have. And and there are a lot of people like you out there. Um, Thousands. Right. Thousands. Right. Right. So. Well, the old saying in that, and when it comes to that is if you're willing to give up your life, you can take out anybody. True. That doesn't necessarily uh, uh, transfer to uh, harming the president, but um, it is a, a truism. Most of the time, the president has extraordinary security, uh, that, is very comprehensive. Um, I've worked with some of the men that have been on those security details. The preparation that goes into these public events is enormous. Yes. To make sure the president is safe. Uh, and of course, same thing since the first family to make sure all everybody in the first family is, is safe, equally as safe as, as the president himself. Um, so far, they've been successful. I, I have every hope, and, and I believe and I pray that they will continue to be successful, successful uh, for the next four years. Uh, Mike Pence is a great guy, but he's not President Trump. No. Uh, he, he, he could not possibly do what President Trump does. He's, he doesn't have, the per, doesn't have the persona, doesn't have the—he's just not—he you know, couldn't do it. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, well, he's a politician. Trump's right, not a politician. Is. President Trump no, is not. no. No, yeah. not at all. And, and that's one thing I like about President Trump is the fact that he speaks his, he, he says what he means and means what he says. And what he had done to China, which I find just absolutely astounding, you know, with the with the tariffs and, and the trade imbalance. I mean, he um, uh, he rectified a half a trillion dollar uh, imbalance, trade imbalance per year uh, through tariffs and, and other actions. And uh, when the Chinese came back at him, he came back at the Chinese and went back and forth up until I think it was February of, of this year when uh, the coronavirus hit. And I thought that was, and I, you and I spoke about that, you know, right, the right. odd timing of that. Now throw in the Biden, Beijing Biden family. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Well, there's time, you know, the election is a week from tomorrow. There's time for more high-level revelations of what's on Hunter Biden's computer and um, getting it public, working around Twitter, working around Facebook. There's plenty of workarounds in the alternative media to advise tens of millions of Americans about what the true activities of uh, Joe Biden have been for decades. That's what people need to know. Uh, it'll swing a lot of people away from voting for uh, uh, Joe Biden, I believe. Uh, I, I, and do, maybe, I do and, as well. And motivate people to vote that may be sitting on the sidelines, which is just as important. Uh, you and I, Doug, we've talked about uh, 
the conservatives who don't bother to vote. Uh, that's very disappointing. But if it motivates these conservatives who don't bother to vote to get out of their chair and go down to the polling place uh, a week from tomorrow, uh, that's a good thing, Doug. You know, exactly. And I can't, I don't, I don't have any report to prove this. I've just heard this number uh, from people reportedly in the know. There are some 47 million Christians in the United States who did not vote last election, the last mm-hmm. presidential election. 40, 47 million. Folks, if you are one of those Christians, one of those 47 million, get out and vote this year. My goodness. Uh, I don't, I don't take somebody with you, uh, offer transportation, offer yeah. childcare, whatever it takes, to get people to the polls. This is every, every presidential election is important. This one is off the charts, crazy important. It is truly a historical moment in the history of this Republic. And uh, whatever it takes to get people to the polls, we need to do it, Doug. We really do. Yeah, amen. I, I just, look, if, if you say I'm a Christian, but I'm not voting this year, then to me, you're not a Christian. That's my viewpoint. You're, you're an imbecile. I, I, I'll go there. But in terms of, of a Christian and, and not voting, then, sorry, uh, you know, you're an imbecile. Um, again, in my view, in my view. Um, John Moore, thelibertyman.com, thelibertyman.com. That's his website. He's got a show every weekday. I got to tell you, it's a great show. And uh, Monday you have Sam Andrews. and You've got consistent guests. Jeff Nyquist uh, comes on, what, Thursdays? Um, Wednesdays. Wednesdays. And Professor McCanny. Okay. Um, on Wednesdays also. Well, it, you know, I've been very active uh, for many decades, and I make use of uh, reaching out to friends of mine that I've worked with for decades that I know are highly qualified to talk about what we talk about. The uh, Tuesday morning roundtable has been a uh, widely uh, accepted and very popular. We have my friend Steve Ben Noon, former CI field agent. My friend uh, Steve O'Neill, who is a nuclear uh, scientist, mm-hmm. and my friend Leon Green, who was an officer in the U.S. Navy. Um, the four of us have a roundtable discussion for two hours every Tuesday with some some guys. Some days guys can be there, and sometimes they can't because of their busy schedules. But the, our four brains together uh, make for some interesting conversation, interesting conclusions, interesting discussion. Um, so it's a lot of fun doing radio, which I've been doing now since uh, I think 1995, Doug. So this is 25 years. Yeah, you've been you've been uh, in the forefront for the last quarter century. Your roundtable discussions and folks go to John uh, the, or the LibertyMan.com. That's the LibertyMan.com. The web presence for John Moore. Um, your roundtable discussions, or, or perhaps your discussions with Jeff Nyquist or Sam Andrews. Um, do you want to level any predictions out uh, with respect to, uh, oh, I don't know, a week from Wednesday, where we're going to be a week from Thursday, a week from Friday, whatever. Next week, whether it be uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, where we're going to be at that time um, here in this eighth day before Election Day. Okay, well... The people who do know what's going to happen aren't talking. Um, the men I work with 
we know what could happen and what's being planned. And that's what's important. Um, I'm making personal preparations to be on a heightened level of alert until the end of the business day Friday. I believe that that the people we call our opposition, the socialists, communists, Democrats, Muslims, uh, I believe they will take action before the end of the day Friday if they're going to do something uh, uh, following the election a week from tomorrow. by the end of the day tomorrow, they'll know that they've lost. I mean, a week from tomorrow. Uh, by the end of the election day, a week from tomorrow, they'll, they'll know that they've lost, despite everything they can do to uh, steal the election. And that's when, it, that's when everything goes hot. Uh, the, we need to start talking more about Alexander Soros because he's the guy running the day-to-day operation, not 90-year-old George, but young Alexander Soros has been uh, holding his, his people back providing them extra training, more supplies, more equipment to engage in the communist insurrection that's coming. Um, the gloves come off, Doug. I believe they will attack the power grid, they will attack the internet, and they will be physical attacks as well on infrastructure and people in general. What Dave Hodges refers to as a Tet Offensive, I lived through the, the original Tet Offensive of 1968. I'll tell you, Doug, the first three days, we weren't sure who was going to win. It was that bad. Uh, the, the, by mid-morning, the first day, the Viet Cong were inside the walls of the U.S. Embassy in Saigon, the most secure place in the entire country. They were inside the walls with the Marines fighting them off. Uh, so it's a good analogy to call this coming event a Tet Offensive. The uh, object of the enemy in 1968 was to hit everywhere at once as hard as they could. All provincial capitals all the, all the major cities, all the military, major military bases, all at the same time. And just like 1967, before the Tet Offensive, we had almost no activity from, the, from our enemy, the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong, just like we've had almost no activity now for more than a month from Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Uh, that's because they're getting ready for the major offensive. And uh, you, I don't know what's going to happen. Right, right they are. I don't know what's coming, Doug. I know what could happen, and I'm, I'm basing my personal decisions on what could happen, hoping and praying it doesn't happen. But I'll be ready to well, protect life and property. And I want to talk more about Alexander Soros, but in the meantime, I'll show you a graphic that Fox News put up. The police departments in these cities are preparing for post-election protests, and uh, you can see on that map right there— um, You've got really all of the populated cities in the majority of uh, the larger states on alert. This is after the election. There it is. Um, Madison, of course, Chicago. You've got Minneapolis. And everywhere from Seattle down uh, down to Orlando, Miami, D.C., New York. Look at that map. So these are the police departments who are preparing uh, preparing for this. And I've got to say this, that we've been uh, monitoring the uh, chat rooms and message boards, and I'm going to tell you right now, it it doesn't matter who who wins. They're coming out, and they're burning down everything they can, and they're coming out full force. When I say they, I'm talking about the street-level urchins that uh, are being provided the munitions to do so. So... There you go. 
But yeah, so Alexander. Okay, what we got there? 21, 21 cities listed on that map. Yeah. Um, well, the mass media will report these events as um, spontaneous emotional outpourings of people who are upset about the election. That it's all spontaneous. There's nothing scripted. There's no organization behind it. Uh, Antifa is an idea, right? Antifa is an idea. Well, the idea will be burning down buildings and murdering people and not and taking down the power grid. Um, what the f- first thing people will do when they look at this map, Doug, is 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 my home on that map? Is Aunt <laughs> Nellie's home on that map? Right. That's the first thing people, and that's that's natural. Yeah. Uh, many of these cities are. Uh, Locations where there's major intersections of railroads and highways and ports. As uh, you say, critical infrastructure, huh? Precisely. Huh. Um, huh. The um, supply chain is based on goods being delivered to ocean ports and, and coming out of factories, making use of the uh, locks and dams, the interstate highway system, the railroads to transport uh, goods and service, goods and, and and food back and forth across this country. If 21 cities are attacked at the same time, that will absolutely disrupt the supply chain. There's no doubt about that. Of course it will. Uh, grocery stores typically, uh, in normal times, have a three-day supply of food. Uh, that would be exhausted in a matter of an hour or two or three if it became clear to people that there's no more food coming. Um, the uh, public water supplies depend on electricity to make everything work. That's why the power grid is certainly at risk. Uh, it, and as I've said many times, it's no secret that you you don't need explosives or weapons to take out either the power grid or the water supply. All you need is simple hardware, to, hardware store tools to damage and destroy critical infrastructure. Uh, and of course, the, the criminals involved in the communist insurgency of course they know this it's no secret it's well known uh, uh, that, that critical infrastructure is very very vulnerable you know in, in so doug a, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see we'll see um it's too late to begin prepping if you've never if you haven't done it yet right um uh to any serious extent um doing whatever you can would be helpful but uh, uh you're gonna be if you haven't been getting ready for this for some period of time, you're going to be uh, pretty much uh, out in the cold, literally. Winter is, is nigh upon us here. And um, your your pleasant, comfortable home, it gets to be very inhospitable when it gets down below 50 degrees, Doug. It does. Um, well, trust really me, does. I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you better be starting to pour antifreeze down your uh, drains. Um because it, you know, at night, yeah, I've been without power in, in my house, and uh, you know, fireplaces. That's great, but boy, I'll tell you what, it gets a little nipply out there. So, right, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, all right. So, what's your take on the obvious um, arrogance? The, uh, um, I mean, th- th- there's this this deep-rooted arrogance by the left and uh you know biden's saying i oh, weren't put a lid on everything um until the until the election what's how can i mean 
how can they? Meanwhile, President Trump is is out campaigning his butt off. I, I guess what what is the reason for what's the reason behind this uh, this arrogance? Do they believe truly that? They're going to win, or do they? Do you think that they've got something in the bag, uh, something you know that they're going to perhaps uh, you know uh, set off and, and uh, steal the election? Well, we don't know what the secret plans are, Doug, and we're dealing with criminals here. First of all, um, it's a criminal communist conspiracy. Uh, of course, they have secret plans. That's just nature of who these people are and what they do and how they do it. I don't know the nature of their secret plans. Um, they're capable of anything. They've already demonstrated the past several months that destroying property and murdering people is something they're perfectly willing to do. Uh, what's the expression I use? You need to break a few eggs to uh, scramble them or something silly like that. Um, you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, well, breaking eggs is uh, their way of saying destroying property and murdering people. So there's nothing, they've already demonstrated that they will do that. Uh, so they'll, you know, the, the, the clearest uh, guide of what somebody will do in the future is what they've done in the past. We do, we've, we recognize that in, in our security details, Doug, um, and dealing with uh, people. So we already have a track record of them destroying property and murdering people. And uh, uh, of course they'll do that. If it serves their purpose, they will destroy property and murder people to achieve their goal. We know that. We've seen them do it. And they'll do it again. Uh, without knowing what they're exactly what their plans are, we can make no assumptions other than uh, our listeners are responsible for their own safety and protection. That's, what, that's the bottom line. Uh, you can't rely on the police to be there for you. They're going to be busy uh, putting out really big fires. Uh, so to speak, when it comes to uh, protecting life and property. Every family is going to be on their own protecting themselves and maybe some close neighbors that they're, that they're, that they're friends with, maybe neighborhoods may go. I've seen this happen before, like in Ferguson, for example. Neighborhoods came together. A, um, a friend of mine, he was living in Ferguson for decades. He, was, he collects Mauser bolt-action rifles, and he distributed Mauser bolt-action rifles to his neighbors nearby that he trusted to protect the whole neighborhood. Uh, we'll see you think. Gonna, yeah, we're going to be right. there. We're going to be there. That's where we're going to be. Yeah. As neighbors taking care of neighbors, neighbors helping each other. And and uh, that's coming, Doug. Uh, I see it as, I don't see a, a viable alternative. Uh, I, I don't there, either. The, the socialists, you know, for decades, the communists and socialists were would not openly reveal who they really were, who they really are. But now they're openly calling themselves communists. They're openly calling themselves socialists, and the words are synonyms, quite frankly. Um, and we had major political candidates like Bernie Sanders openly admit to being a socialist. Yep, uh, that's a sea change. Uh, Gus Hall uh, was the marginal communist. Uh, a candidate for president for a, a bunch of cycles. But he he basically quit saying, I don't need to do this anymore. The Democrats are doing it for me. So Gus Hall stopped running for president on behalf of the Communist Party because the Democrats already adopted everything he wanted to do. You, you may or not may not recall that, Doug, but he did. Uh, <laughs> um, so well, we're dealing with... you're much, much older than I am. No, I recall it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well... We're at, we're at a pivotal point in the history of our republic. 
we're at a pivotal point in history in general. Um, you know, those of us who were adults during Watergate, we recall that as being the big scandal. Compared to what's going on, it was child's play. I mean, uh, what Richard Nixon did did not leave the confines of the White House. It involved only White House officials, nobody else. It did not involve the head of the FBI, did not involve the head of the CIA, did not involve high-level people in the Department of Justice, all of which the current matters do involve the former head of the FBI, the former head of the CIA, and high-level people in the Department of Justice. And, of course, the vice president himself in uh, committing criminal acts. And now on top of that, we've got all the uh, matters of China being involved with Joe Biden and various criminal pursuits. This is off the charge crazy, Doug. It really is. Um, And, you know, the Watergate hearings captured the attention of of the world, not just the United States. Oh, I remember that, watching small potatoes, small yeah. potatoes compared to this. Here's, um, here's something, you know, you talk about, we're going to be on our own. Um, there was Breitbart reported on this. There was a um, rally, a Jew, Jews for, uh, Donald Trump. And, um, uh, this is, I, we can't play the audio because the audio contains a soundtrack of YMCA, I think, or some something like that. Copyright. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but, but take a look at this and watch this only a minute and a half, I think. Watch to the end. At the end is a very uh, refreshing, well, put down. But he, here's a guy, part of this support for Donald Trump. Antifa, look at his vehicle. It's all full of paint. Okay. Now that's a guy in the red getting out of the truck right, along right. with a young lady. And uh, so for the listening audience, now he's getting into the crowd and kind of saying, get the heck out of way from my car. Now there, there are police around here. I mean, police are there. Obviously you can see NYPD. But this guy has to point out, and you'll see this coming up, who the perpetrator, one of the perpetrators is. When, when you've got eyes there, and of course, we, look, I'm not, we don't know. And, and our internet's lagging, so I apologize. Um, but at the very end of this, if it, if it does unlag, you'll see a very, very... Uh, uh, see somebody go flying so they they get the so so this the guy the driver points this individual out saying this is the person who threw the paint this is a person responsible the people around him are saying hey let him go let him go let him go i wouldn't want to be a cop here john i just at all anywhere god bless god bless our, our police officers in my view but um but now why now watch this. If uh, hopefully their internet won't uh, won't drop out here. Um, he's he's not done making this point. Um, there he goes. There he goes. Now watch this.
boom. Okay. <laughs> to me, that was satisfying. But but if you look at that, and even without the sound, but I obviously dead air on radio doesn't make uh, doesn't make well. Uh, it's, it's not good. Um, if you look at that without the sound, that's going to be happening to me. I believe in every American city after the election, regardless of who wins. It's just going to it's going to take on a different to me a different flavor, um, different tactics depending on who wins because we're that divided. We are that divided. Um, the opposition, however, is a, is a tiny, tiny percentage of Americans, maybe two or three percent at the most. Uh, the media makes them appear to be a lot bigger and stronger and numerous than what they are. This is a tiny percentage of Americans that are actually actively involved in support of Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and so forth. Uh, their activities will be blown out of proportion. Uh, their numbers will be blown out of proportion. Uh, they're outnumbered 100 to 1 by patriots, and, and they know that. Uh, they're going to limit their activity to the major cities. Uh, they've, they've made attempts here in my neighborhood to come up to some of these uh, small communities of a few thousand people. And the local sheriffs activate the militia, uh, the militia being able-bodied men and women aged 18 to 60 years old. And the militia is armed and ready to meet and defeat Antifa when they show up in these small communities. Uh, I think those were trial runs to see what the response would be. Well, they found out uh, when they came to small communities in Missouri that we're ready to meet them and defeat them. I think they'll limit their activities to the major cities and attacking um, unoccupied uh, parts of our power grid where there's just a fence and no uh, no guards, uh, water supply systems, which have minimal security, if any at all, because they're basically cowards, and they know they're outnumbered. Uh, doesn't put us any less at risk, though, Doug. It really doesn't. Uh, no. the, the supply chain is relatively easy to, to shut down. If you attack the power grid, attack the Internet, you can shut down the whole deal. Uh, and they know that. Yeah. It's no secret. We we are monitoring uh, many groups. I shouldn't say many. There were several several groups, including one that's titled Pacific Northwest Community Action Network. They're calling for a week of action, November fourth through eleventh of twenty twenty. And uh, I'm not going to give them any any sunlight in terms of their website, but uh, number one in the in the uh, objectives and the in their on their website is no Trump, no election theft, um, meaning that if Donald Trump wins, they will consider that election theft and act accordingly. And, right. and it goes on um, through there, and they're offering mutual aid and sharing of resources with other activist or anarchist groups. That's the that's those are my words, and um, it's just amazing to to see this. And to see the growth, the the explosion of these activist groups, it really is. And, and you know, I've dominated this so far, John. I, I didn't mean to do that, but but by the way, folks, uh, if you haven't done so already, bookmark thelibertyman.com. That's thelibertyman.com. Make sure you check out his line of uh, of goods and products. It doesn't matter if uh, 
uh, if it's a week before election day, but he's got some good good stuff there as well as his news. Um, he's on top of things and his radio show every single weekday. You can't get much classier than than that. He classes up the this joint when he comes on with me, so I appreciate that. So go to thelibertyman.com, uh, and there it is on your screen. But um, I, I've kind of dominated this, and I, I don't. I, I didn't really mean to do that. I had a lot of stuff I wanted to get out there and show you. Well, one more thing I want to show you, and then then it, then the program is yours, basically. But I want to ask you a question. This is number four, Eric the Tech. By the way, Eric the Tech, I haven't said really hello to you, and I just want to say hello to you. You doing okay? Doing good. All right, brother. Or son-in-law. Um, anyway, John, um, since uh, Joe Biden's out there talking to pumpkins and, and walking aimlessly behind his wife, Jill, and thinking he's running against George Bush and such. Um, yeah, folks, you know what I'm talking about, right? Anyway, um, how is this possibly legal? This is Kamala. I was going to call her something else, Harris, who I really dislike. I've got an intense dislike for this woman. Um, here is a polling location. Now, explain to me, John Moore, the Liberty Man, explain to me how in the hell this is flipping legal. Go ahead and roll. You are going to make the difference. You are going to make the decision about your future, about your family's future. It is through the voice of your vote. And you have the power. The power is with the people. And you know that. That's why you're standing in this line today. And I just came to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I look at this line here. Early voting in Cleveland. Oh. Did they show the line earlier? Or just her? All right. She she was probably well across the street, only across the street from the doors to the polling place, and if it's a normal size street, you're looking at about forty. Um, what is it, about thirty five, forty feet, maybe, maybe. Um, so that's closer than the hundred foot uh, mandated uh, uh, mandated rules. How can she get away with that? I mean. I guess because we let her, right? We let her. Obviously. In Missouri, it's 25 feet. I guess that varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Okay. But uh, uh, I know in Missouri, they, they put tape on the ground 25 feet from the door to the polling place. So the people doing electioneering know not to go get any closer than that tape. Um, she, by, but by the way, she was wearing not one but two masks. She had a, a white mask and a black, black mask on both, in case you didn't notice. Sadly, not enough masks for me. She she should. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I would suggest masks for her made of plastic. But what do I know? I don't. Right. Want, I don't want to be mean. Um, yeah. I, I I just thought that was just something that uh, uh, I couldn't believe it. And and, and then there's a report about uh, election fraud in Texas, where a police officer acting as a poll watcher had testified uh, to. Um, wanton election fraud so election uh, we actually uh poll workers using uh other others 
driver's licenses as uh, really? ID. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it was uh, KPRC radio that had the story. And yeah, it's, he, he provided a written statement to the effect of, uh, of this election fraud in favor of, of course, in favor of Biden and company. Right. Right. So if right. it's happening there, it's happening everywhere or happening a lot of places. Yeah. So I go, you know, go ahead, my brother. I mean, I, I uh, I've consumed the time here and I, I didn't really mean to do that. Well, well, Doug, we need to just get back to basics. Uh, the situation we're facing as a nation, as a republic, is unprecedented. Uh, we have a lot of mutual acquaintances and friends, uh, Steve Quayle, uh, Dave Hodges. Uh, I don't know Hal Turner, but i really, really grown to appreciate his work these last month or so. Uh, Mike Adams, of course. <sighs> we're all coming to the same conclusion that the republic is in dire straits that we're facing clear and present danger from foreign troops, and in particular the Chinese communists. Uh, let's, let's throw the Russians in the mix there as well, as well as United Nations troops, who typically would be from third world countries, such as uh, Pakistan and places like that. Um, people need, first of all, educate themselves about what's going on. Uh, find men and women who do reporting that they know and they trust. They won't necessarily know them personally, but they trust them based on the track record they've got of making uh, honest, reliable reporting for years. Uh, Lisa Haven comes to mind also. Um, and then study their work. Study what Dave Hodges has written. Study what Mike Adams has done and Steve Quayle and uh, Doug Hagman and myself. And then reach your own conclusions. If you reach the same conclusion that I have and you have, Doug, you'll come to the conclusion that the republic is in deep trouble. So what next? Well, first, get prepared spiritually. Uh, this is ultimately spiritual warfare. Uh, if you don't understand it, you need to understand that. Um, yeah, we need beans, Bibles, and bullets. We need all those things. But it's, it's going to be spiritual warfare. and already is spiritual warfare. So get your spiritual house in order, number one. Number two, get training. Get skills. You're not going to get this training before next Tuesday, obviously. First aid training, CPR training. Uh, I don't consider a person serious unless they got a ham radio license. I really don't. People talk the talk, but unless they can walk the walk and get a ham radio license, they're not serious, in my opinion. Uh, effective, immediate radio communications during a short-term or long-term crisis frequently is the difference between life and death. And uh, it's not hard. We routinely have eight and, and ten-year-old boys and girls getting a ham radio license. So if an eight-year-old boy or eight-year-old girl can get a ham radio license, everybody watching you and I can do the same thing, Doug. Get out of the cities. Seriously, especially blue-dominated cities. If, if you live in a city run by Democrats, you live in a state run by Democrats, you need to get out of Dodge. Things are not going to go well in those states. They really aren't, especially the West Coast. The West Coast, Washington, uh, Oregon, California, are at great risk from Chinese invasion. They really are. And, and that's not too far off, I don't believe, unfortunately. The whole country's at risk of invasion. But those three states in particular are, have already been 
dominated and, in my opinion, taken over by communists. Getting out of these states yeah. while you can would be wise. Uh, Illinois comes to mind as a state to get out of, and uh, I've spent a lot of time in Illinois. I love Illinois. Southern Illinois is beautiful. The people there are beautiful, but the communists in Chicago uh, have basically taken over uh, Illinois. New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, there's other states. We all we know New Jersey. Um, they've become communist-dominated uh, places that people need to get out of. It's not easy. What I'm advocating is not, it's expensive, it's difficult, it's time-consuming, it's life-changing to leave everything you know, everything you love, your place of employment, your friends, your neighbors, your community. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it is necessary once you come to the same conclusion that you and I have, Doug, that the republic is at risk. You know, Once you get away yeah. from the blue, yeah, blue I, states into a red state, go ahead, Doug. I, I just I, I want to say this. I've been seeing a lot of of people saying, um, hang on, we're coming. And th these are patriots, meaning patriots. James Woods had posted earlier today a uh, minute five video clip. It's on Hagman Report uh, Twitter feed um, where a police officer is sitting in his vehicle and these two Antifa people come up and with a broomstick and a, another club and just and threw a rock at the windshield and just uh, just I mean to a, to a police officer right in, in his vehicle um and what did this cop do nothing he just sat in the vehicle um what jurisdiction? Do you know what department? I, I don't know. Uh, James okay. Woods, what he did, he, he just said 45 hollow point. That was his answer. And I agree. But the, to read the replies underneath, American people are getting sick and tired of these these morons, the, these soy boy, these, um, these people with daddy issues, these overly tatted and overly pierced, um, you know, whatever they are, street urchins. And I think that they're in for a world of hurt. But you mentioned about Alexander Soros. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I just, I see people being hurt. Um, well, that's where it's headed, Doug. Uh, yeah. It's headed there way too quickly. Um, as I said, I'm personally going to be on, a, on an enhanced level of alert beginning uh, a week from tomorrow, uh, and uh, I've you know, I've made preparations that I think are, are proper and prudent to be able to deal with this, um, and I'm as ready as a human being can be, and I hope that all our listeners are as ready as, as they can be to uh, uh, protect lives and protect property. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to that very quickly. Let's not forget the Deagle report, where it says in less than five years, most Americans will be dead. Uh, they don't say how. They don't say why. They just simply say it will happen. Uh, biological warfare is the most effective way to kill the most people in the shortest period of time. And it won't be the coronavirus. Uh, I was talking to a school teacher yesterday, a small Christian high school, less than 400 students and staff, 
they've had two people sick, and I did the math. It's 0.25%. You know, one-fourth of 1%. Oh, of pandemic. The coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a pandemic that is. Yeah, of course. One-fourth of 1% got sick from corona. Um, no, this is it's a big, you know, the response has been off the, ch- off the charts crazy to the Chinese flu. It doesn't mean there won't be another a virus release that really will kill people as opposed to killing almost nobody except those who are very fragile and within a year of death from something anyway. And that's who's been dying. People with very fragile health conditions that were within a year of death from something. And the German Committee of Scientists and Doctors appointed in German by the German government determined that. And it's pretty much the same here. It's an unfortunate fact, but it is a fact. Mm-hmm. That's who's been dying. Um, so getting back to the Right now, on this day, the 26th day of October, uh, all hell probably will break loose a week from tomorrow or the day after. Uh, In the major cities, the cities where we've had these troubles for the past several months, cities that are uh, controlled by Democrats and states controlled by Democrats. That's been a, a key thing to making everything happen. When the mayor puts these police departments on stand down, and says, gentlemen, you will not respond. If you make arrests, we will release them. Uh, that's why these protests in Portland, Seattle, and other places were so successful, is because of the leadership. Cops are pretty much the same in small-town America as they are in New York City. They're good guys and good gals, but they will follow orders. If they're ordered to stand down and let the bad guys burn down the police precinct uh, headquarters, they'll do that because they're ordered to, and it's a paramilitary organization. Um, so we're off to the races, Doug, very soon with massive civil disorder, the power grid being at risk, the supply chain being at risk. And, um, people, you need to wake up and smell the coffee, hopefully detective's choice, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) well, you're welcome. It's great coffee, by the way. Um, and, uh, and get ready, get ready spiritually, get ready emotionally, get ready physically because, uh, what's coming at us is a freight train out of control coming downhill, and it's not going to be stopped. We can get out of the way or get run over. That's the two choices, Doug. What's your line in the sand, John? I know I, I pr- I've probably asked you that before, but at, at what point do you risk everything? And I mean risk everything and uh, say enough is enough. Have you have you thought about that or um, – you know, what, what's, what's going to compel you to do that? What's your line in well, the sand? The Second Amendment has always been uh, a major political uh, touchstone for myself. It has been for decades. I got uh, politically active in the late 80s in Second Amendment matters. I was elected commander of the militia for St. Louis City and County in, in 1994. Um, and um, that always remains a, a line in the sand for myself and tens of millions of other Americans with Second Amendment rights. They can't establish their new world order and put us under their socialist thumb unless they disarm us first. Uh, that has to be understood and uh, incorporated into our very being. They have to disarm us first. They have no choice. So that's a, that's a definite line in the sand there, Doug, and um, it's not going to change. That's true. You know, the Epic Times... Uh sent out a tweet earlier today, I think it was, 
maybe last night is saying, you know, six corporations own the media, 90% of America's news outlets, I should say. And um, there's a minute 20, um, minute 20 video clip that accompanies that. But they're, you know, they're saying, hey, look, is that 10% saying that, you know, we're being censored. And even some within the news outlets are being saying that we want to we want to run stories and we're being censored by their uh, uh, overlords. So I just you know it's it, it, we I don't know is there any coming back coming back from this? Do do you have hope of the United States coming back from this, or have we crossed that path of no return? You know, well, I can give you I give an example of where we are as, as a country as a culture. I was at a fundraiser for a, a group I belong to, a, a cultural group. And uh, the daughter of a gentleman I knew, she was an um, attractive young woman, I would say mid to late 20s. Uh, she is the uh, manager of a Taco Bell here in Missouri. And um, so I started talking to her about security at Taco Bell. And I, I asked if they give drug tests to the new hires that come in. Uh, and here's a response. No, John, we no longer give drug tests to new hires or current employees. We make the assumption that everybody we hire is a drug addict, and we simply ask them to not consume their drugs within sight of the surveillance security cameras. Now, Taco Bell is part of a, nation, of a, of a large conglomerate consisting of K Kentucky Fried Chicken and others, right. a massive nationwide uh, group of fast food Restaurants, uh, calling Taco Bell restaurants kind of a um, misnomer in itself. But anyway, um, so the the drug war is over and we lost. When a Fortune 500 company no longer gives drug tests, they make the assumption everybody's a drug addict and simply don't consume the drugs inside of the, of the surveillance cameras. It tells me the drug war is over and we lost, Doug. End of story. Sure. Um the culture war is lost, uh, and I don't see it turning around anytime soon. I, I'm not sure what it would take to have uh, civility come back. I was at a public high school a few years ago on business. I had uh, a professional business in a high school, uh, Parkway School District, a, a very large, well-respected school district in St. Louis County, thousands, of, tens of thousands of students. So I show up at, uh, I think it was noon, on a Wednesday, or, excuse me, a Tuesday, and I see all the students leaving the campus. And I say, well, I asked the, the person I was meeting with, what's going on? Oh, everybody takes off uh, at noon on Tuesdays. Well, that's 10% that's of the school year, Doug, just gone. Now, for teachers' meetings, now, and I saw a group of young men and women, um, another part, of the, I was in a large lobby area, uh, atrium kind of place. It was about 25 or 30 young men and women, obviously not high school students, and they, they looked like they had gotten their clothing from the local homeless shelter, literally. And I, I, I pointed to these people. I said, who are those people over there? Oh, those are the instructors, John. And they, they literally, to me, looked like they were wearing the attire of homeless people, not wearing the attire of professional educational uh, instructors. Um, well, Doug, when I went to a little country high school, when I say country, my buddies earned spending money from trapping fur-bearing animals. Now, that's country. 
Mm-hmm. And I had other another other guys that uh, their their parents had a dairy farm. The teachers in a little country school, Herculaneum, Missouri. The men all had to wear a uh, dress shirt and a tie, and the lady instructors all had to wear a dress. If they did not, they would be terminated. Even the football coach and the shop teacher had to wear a dress shirt and a tie. And the boys all had to wear uh, a shirt with a collar. No T-shirts allowed. T-shirts are underwear, Doug. I knew that then, and I still know it. A T-shirt is underwear, not meant for wearing in public. Um, You may have a pretty picture on it or words, but it's still underwear. That's all gone. And even people our generation no longer know that, Doug, apparently. Um, I never wear a T-shirt in public. I'm on my, on my private premises, but I won't even go to the hardware store wearing a T-shirt. It's because I don't wear underwear in public. You've got respect. I do, for myself and for everybody else. That's true. I don't see that changing, Doug. Uh, we now see men and women, adult men adult, and adult women, wearing pajama bottoms in public, even, even at their place of work, uh, wearing pajama bottoms in public. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I, I can't even laugh it, at that. I, I know what well, you mean. It's, well, you know what I mean, and yeah, our listeners yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, those are clear examples of civility going downhill. My, my friend, Professor McCanny, and my Wednesday guest, He's a amateur archaeologist. He foreign governments consult with Mr. Professor McCanny about archaeology matters. And I, Jim's about our age. And I said, Jim, when we were boys, and this applies to you, Doug, we learned how to tell the uh, savage, barbaric people with no written language, no ability to count above twenty, which is their fingers and toes, because we saw photographs of them in the in the. National Geographic. Exactly. Their faces were covered with tattoos and they had pieces of metal sticking out of their face. <laughs> we instantly knew that they were people who ha- did not have a written language and couldn't count past 20. And I still know that. If I see somebody with tattoos on their faces and pieces of metal sticking out, I know that they are basically one step above barbaric savages. I got the biggest belly laugh out of McKinney I've ever heard, by the way, when I said that. I, I, I was taking a sip of coffee when you said that. You didn't choke on it, did you? Oh, man, I almost, I, I'll tell you what, I almost need a new uh, desktop here. But, you know. But, did, but didn't we learn that as 8 and 10-year-olds, how to tell yes. these savage people? Because we saw photographs of them. You know, No written language. Exactly. No ability to count past 20. Uh, in fact, in these primitive cultures, there is no word for 21. They just say many. Interesting, by the way. That's interesting. Um, now, the Mountain the mountain Yard tribesmen that Special Forces worked with in Vietnam, they don't even have a word in, in their spoken language for the word money. <laughs> that word, that, seriously, they have no <laughs> word for money in the, in the uh, culture of the mountain yard tribesmen in the, from the hills of Vietnam. That, that's going to make some, make things pretty interesting, but okay. Um, wow. Well, the culture, the culture war is lost. We're, you know, homosexuality is a mental illness. Yes. And we have, we have homosexual men who are sexually attracted to teenage boys going out in the woods for a fun filled weekend. What's wrong with that? <laughs> And seriously, what's wrong with that? 
that would not have been allowed when you and I were boys. That simply would not have been tolerated. And of course, now there's no more Boy Scouts. The, They're simply the, called the Scouts. Way we've evolved. And, no, no, we, we, yeah. we've awoke, we've awoken and evolved, and 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 now we're we're much more intellectually aware. And and, and oh, so now gosh. what used to be the Boy Scouts is now the Scouts. And we have handsome young men and attractive young women going out into the woods for the weekend. What can possibly go wrong there? Nothing, nothing. Just make sure you take your, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, it's far worse. And, uh, these soy boys, they, they, you know, from the time they were in kindergarten, uh, if they show up at an event, uh, an athletic event, they get an award. It doesn't matter what they perform. They get an award. They, they don't know what losing is. They simply don't. They've never lost anything. They're not allowed to lose in the current culture uh, because that might harm their uh, their sense of well-being if they lose doing anything. So losing is not an option. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing a, a convoluted, roundabout way of answering your question. I don't think it could be fixed anytime soon. It will. It'll have to be broken and be put back together, Doug. I think that's what's going to have to happen. I, I think you're right, and and I I do have a saying where 2020 is the year we, that we learned what happens when you give participation trophies out to uh, losers um, and their kids. You know, but anyway. we have college professors being disciplined because they correct the grammar of their college students. There, there was a, I read something here. There was a college uh, professor who was, has uh, been, and I, I don't remember where this was, but you won't find, I don't think anyone would find this surprising, but uh, was asked for special grade treatment from a black student, allegedly. And he said, no, no. First of all, it's, it's all, it, it's all virtual. So really I can't verify that you're actually a, but even beyond that, no, no, we're just not going to be doing anything like that. And he was actually um, um, the university. It was UCLA. UCLA put him on administrative leave uh, pending termination. So, well, well, Doug, here's where we are. Uh, I have friends that own companies with a uh, hundred plus employees. They can't trust anything on a resume. They can't trust the person's even literate. The law firm I worked for, we had a new hire, uh, the uh, counsel, uh, the, the lead attorney, wanted to hire a new secretary, and, and we did. A graduate of a brick-and-mortar, this is important, not an online university, but a brick-and-mortar, four-year university, respected. And she went to work at the law firm. About the second week she was there, we started noticing we couldn't find any, any, our papers in our files that we were looking for. It turned out that this woman did not know the alphabet, and her job, at least initially, was to just put files away in the proper place. But since she didn't know the alphabet, everything was jumbled up, and, and, and it was a total mess. So we obviously, we had to terminate her employment. But uh, employers can no longer trust a degree from anything, high school, college, university. They have to do their own independent trust testing to verify the most basic things. In Missouri... There was a proposal in the Missouri legislature to give literacy tests to the, to the public school teachers. That was slammed down as, as being inappropriate and wrong. But the reason that was being proposed is because it had already been determined we had functionally illiterate men and women with degrees 
working as teachers in the public schools that were functionally illiterate. That's why I was proposed in the first place, right. was to find out who these people are, were so they could be terminated. And of course, that, and that's been 15 plus years ago. Of course, that continues to this day. We have functionally illiterate people in positions where they can't possibly function at the level they're supposed to. You know, it reminds me, I mean, remember when Pol Pot took over in uh, uh, Cambodia and, and uh, killed everyone with glasses, everyone with an education. Um, you know, I see so many similarities and so many things happening here uh, in this country where, you know, they, they've in, they, the communists, or as you call them, the democratic socialists. Socialists, communists, Democrats, Muslims. Which yes. you, what he said, folks. Um, right. Yeah, the infiltration into our into our education system is just, it it defies explanation. And um, and we allowed this. We this, this happened on our watch, and we've got to clean it up, brother. I mean, if, it happen, if we let this happen on our watch, I think it's up to us to clean this up. And by cleaning this up, it ain't, it's not going to be pretty. And you know, like you said, it's going to things are going to have to be broken in order to rebuild it. And um, take that well, for what it's worth. What the communists want is something that can't possibly happen. They want everybody to be equal. Well, people aren't equal. People have different abilities. People have different IQs. People have different things they're good at and things they're not good at. And to treat everybody as if they're equal is uh, a fantasy. It's an absolute fantasy. And, and Europe is living the consequences of that right now. Uh, European industrialists thought that, well, we'll bring in these people from the Middle East, these men from the Middle East, and they'll run our complex, expensive machinery at far less than native Germans. Well, it turns out men with a 70 or 75 IQ can't possibly operate expensive, complex equipment. They can maybe pack things for, for uh, shipping under close supervision in a homeless shelter, but if you got a 70 or 75 IQ, you're not going to work and, uh, and operate expensive, complex equipment. That simply is not going to happen. But they're still there. The same thing's happening in our country. We're bringing in thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people from parts of the world with low IQ that cannot possibly function in a modern, industrialized society at anything above uh, minimal task under close supervision. When I say minimal, the kind of thing that can be done in a home, in a sheltered workshop, packing mm -hmm. things up for shipment uh, under close supervision. That's about all they can do. They'll never be capable of doing anything else. And they can't be trained, they can't be educated, because if you've got a 70 or 75 IQ, you, you simply not much you can do to function in society. Very true. Look at me. I'm kidding, but no, it's very, not by well, much. The, the, uh, no, it's true. Well, bringing in Muslims from wherever they're coming from is a massive mistake. For a thousand years, they've been marrying their first cousins. One, <laughs> you have, for one generation, you have a dramatic increase in the chance of insanity, low IQ, and uh, birth defects. That's one generation. You do it for a thousand years. You've broken the DNA of your entire country, which is why the, the king of Jordan, whatever king it might be, they never marry uh, someone from that part of the world. They always marry a, a beautiful, intelligent American woman. 
because they want to keep the blood. And the King of Jordan claims direct bloodline lineage back to Muhammad, by the way. Um, but they know, they know the bloodline of, of Muslims is broken and can't be fixed. It can't be fixed right. because that DNA has been so uh, screwed up for a thousand years of marrying first cousins that it can't be fixed, Doug. And well, bringing yeah. in Muslims to this country uh, is a massive mistake. They cannot integrate and be successful in our society. You know, when you have an average IQ of 75, that means there's as many people with a 60 as there is with an 80. That's what that means. Yeah. And to hear you say it, it just, the yes, it tickles me. I mean, well, hey, not only let's bring them over, uh, let's elect, you know, put them in Congress, Ilhan Omar, you know, and, and of course she marries her brother and, uh, well, uh, well, you know. Yeah, it's a good idea. We're running out of time. I can't believe how quickly this program has gone. We only have about, uh, I don't know, we got about 10 minutes left. Yeah, all right. Seven minutes left. You have a election day team if people want to join up on your website. I, I don't want to go anywhere you don't necessarily want to go. but Well, that's there's still time to sign up for the election day team. If you do, at my website at thelibertyman.com, you'll be trained to become a poll watcher and this you'll be registered with the county as a poll watcher pull a shift at a precinct of an hour two hours maybe all day long if you bring lunch with you and trying to observe what's going on any improprieties you record those imp improprieties and report back to the county officials uh, as you've been trained to do uh, i know firsthand there's uh, precincts where more ballots have come out of the precinct, then voters went in for decades. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've seen these places firsthand in the city of St. Louis. So they do exist, and, and they're real, especially in the blue-controlled cities. <laughs> I, I, you know, I shouldn't even be laughing at that. But but for people to say, well, there's voter fraud is really an overblown <laughs> problem, for crying out loud. Are you kidding me? You're right. You know, when you've got 1.8 million votes coming out of a city that's got 700,000 people, you got a flipping problem. I mean, you, I might not be the best in math, but I can tell you what what's higher. You know, anyway, um, if you go to thelibertyman.com, the that's thelibertyman.com, and uh, you can click on the election day team, be part of that. Um and the, the, that, that that's a pass through to um, Donald Trump's uh, poll watchers, right? That right. Okay. Right. Good. Okay. Exactly. All right. Absolutely. And, and then you got you know for all the 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 nasty and bad and oh my goodness, it's the end of the world talk. We, you know, you still have to live life. You still have to plan as if things are you know going to going to be relatively the same. So you got a couple of cruises coming up too. I kind of, well, we're going to reschedule the Caribbean cruise for 2022. The coronavirus has, has uh, affected that like many things. Alaskan cruise will probably happen in uh, June. And then a week at a resort up in Maine, a fish camp run by my friend, Steve Whitman. Uh, that's, that's not publicized yet, but that'll be in August of uh, this coming year. So some fun things coming up and, uh, and I hope people can participate and join me. Yeah, I, I, I do hope so. And I, I want to get, I seriously want to either get down there to uh, spend some time with you or somehow meet up somewhere to uh, spend some time with you. We're going to have to do that. And of course, your uh, uh, now, hey, the Phoenix model of the mask is uh, the, the 
Phoenix model of the mosquito netting anti-mask mask is right. now available. Right. How great is that? How great is that? Well, we got, I think, seven or eight different models, including one. If women want to wear or have to wear a mask to a Christmas party, <laughs> they got one with sparkles that people can wear. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, I keep mine because some places I, if I have to go there and have no choice and I have to wear a mask, I'll, I'll just put on my mosquito net mask. I don't have one with me to put on demonstrate, but, uh, it is fun to have that and people get a laugh out of it. Usually the people that are at the door really don't care as long as you got your face covered. There's one with the sparkles and, um, <laughs> 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 uh, gotta have fun with Bedazzled. This it's bedazzled. Yeah. There you, you go. Gotta have fun with this stuff, Doug. You really do. Um, oh, there's a camouflage one. That's Eric's um, favorite right there. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, and uh, they come in different sizes too. So we're, we got uh, three lovely Filipino women and not far from me in Salem, Missouri, uh, man manufacturing these masks. They're well-made American made. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun. So you're running a sweatshop is what you're telling me. That's right. That's right. We talked oh, about they're, this before. They're, they're, they're well-paid and they, they love, they love their work. They're running these sewing machines. That's great. That's great. Is there anything I'm missing? I mean, your daily intelligence briefing, you know, the open source information that you provide from that, obviously, folks, is good at the libertyman.com website. Is there anything I'm missing that I should be not missing? Well, we should mention that the daily intelligence briefing is written by a friend of mine, a former counterintelligence agent. We met working a murder case together, and he's now retired, has a PhD. And if you want to know what's going on in North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, it's updated every 24 hours. So it's a, if you're interested in those things, it's a great place to keep up to date and okay. updated every 24 hours. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. You're, um, I'll tell you what, you're, you're always busy. I can't believe, uh, you commit five hours of time of your time on a Monday for Monday is, uh, a emotionally and physically draining day to say yeah. the least, yeah. but it's worth it. Well, I, I, I do appreciate you coming on and, and really, you know, going over this kind of stuff with, uh, with me. Um, thank you. That's all I can say is thank well, you're you. welcome, sir. It's, it's fun. I look forward to it every week. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, my man. Um, you're an amazing guy. So I, I want to say thank you so much folks support John Moore in, uh, and whatever way possible, go to thelibertyman.com. That's thelibertyman.com. He's well worth your support, well worth your uh, uh, the bookmark of the of the website. And uh, again, John, I appreciate you. We're about to, well. Thank you, sir. Look we'll forward to doing it next week. All right, man. Yeah, next week it'll be the day before. Yeah, the day it will before, be. you know what? So all it right. will be. All right, brother. Talk okay. to you soon. Have a great day. All right, you too. Folks, that was John Moore, thelibertyman.com. That's thelibertyman.com. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. It's good stuff. I want to end on a happy note. Can I do that? Can we do that? Can we go to uh, uh, my Twitter or I want to report Twitter, I guess. Can we do this? I, you got to see this, folks. What? Well, which Twitter? How about... It doesn't matter. The Hagman Reporter would probably be easier to. What's that? The dog? Yeah, the dog. The dog one. I mean, folks, check this out. I, I don't know. I don't know the person who put this up, but I just thought this was funny. I'm a dog lover, as you know. 
And this appears to be, to me, it looks like a border collie um, is the primary breed uh, in this. But uh, a really good dog. And uh, this is a 39-second video clip of this dog responding to commands or responding to uh, external stimuli of uh, the human. Watch this. Dakota. Nope. What do you think of Joe Biden? That's what you think of Joe Biden? Dakota, what, what do you think of Trump? <coughs> yeah? What do you think of Trump? <coughs> yeah? Pretty good, huh? You like that guy, huh? <coughs> Trump! <laughs> <laughs> Joe <coughs> Hey, Joe Biden. Trump. Dakota. <laughs> that got Lady the Studio Dog off of her bed from right here, looking at the monitor at that uh, at that dog. You know, if you can't have fun, uh, or if you can't have a few lighthearted moments, then it's really it's not worth it. Uh, again, I want to thank each and every one of you. Thank you very much for your support. May God bless each and every one of you. Until tomorrow, stay safe. God bless. Good night.